What's up, guys? It's Friday, April 3rd, 2020. Welcome to this edition of the FritzCast. How y'all doing? Uh, you know, we, we, we had April 1st, we had April Fool's Day come and go, and, and uh, some people on Twitter tried to cancel it. Um, I hear my dog's barking. I might have to restart this. Uh, <laughs> um... Uh, the April Fools came and went. People on Twitter were trying to cancel April Fools Day because it was just this is not the time for jokes. Um, I think it is. I think you know. I think we can be a little lighthearted, have a little fun, um, even though we're in a in the global end of times. <laughs> we're in a global pandemic lockdown. Um, I gotta go check on the dogs. Pause. All right, we've resumed now. Sorry about the little gap delay there, but you know we can we can joke a little bit. Um, we can kind of you know find solutions to this uh, this this ongoing problem. Uh, we can admit that our government messed up. Um, we can admit that there's no one easy solution uh, or one size fits all solution to this to this issue going on, and, and we're going to discuss that a little bit. Uh, as we go into the episode, uh, you know, this past week, uh, a lot of people are coming to terms with uh, making adjustments in their lives. For me, somebody who uh, works in a, an essential job, uh, business as usual for some of us, it's going to work. Um, it's going to work every day like you normally would. Um, it's still going to the grocery store when you need to go to the grocery store. Uh, uh, for me and my wife, we committed to helping out small businesses around our local area. Uh, so at least once a week, we, we pick a food spot. We, we order a, a full-blown meal. We give them great tips. Um, it, you know, some, some of those places we go pick up. Some of those places have delivery services. We utilize that because, you know, we, we have a little extra cash. We can give it to people who are truly affected by this big global pandemic um, because people like me, my wife and I, you know, my wife, her, her, her daily routines have changed a little bit. Um, she, she, all her schooling migrated to online classes. And when you do that, I mean, some people say online classes are a joke. <laughs> I did my four-year degree completely online, Colorado State University. I tell you right now, I think I did more work online um, for for that degree, for my bachelor's, than I would have done in a brick-and-mortar campus sitting down and listening to lectures and all that jazz. Uh, so I, I believe her workload has increased. And, you know, that if, if anything has changed uh, in my daily routines, it's that uh, I need to watch my daughter more often while my wife focuses on homework, which, to me, isn't an issue. I don't take issue with that. Had to pause again for the dogs. Sorry. They're they're acting up tonight. I don't know why, because they're normally crated up now. You know, it's probably just cabin fever. <laughs> cabin fever for everybody. Um, I don't take issue with watching my daughter more. Uh, because, you know, that I hear it from everybody, you know, cherish this time. Your, your daughter's only ever going to be this small once. 
And then before you know it, you'll blink your eyes. She'll be 18, moving out of the house, and you'll wonder what happened to the last, you know, nearly two decades of your life. So I'm lapping it up. I, I'm, I'm in a position as a father to have extended periods of time with, uh, with my daughter. So I, t- I try to take that and I try to cherish it. Now, that doesn't mean that I still don't have my problems because my wife would tell you I need to put the phone down more often. And, I you know... I do. I'm I'm a little bit of a tech addict and you know, if I'm not if I'm sitting around, you know, I tend to pull up videos on YouTube or read articles or go on social media. Social media is the devil. <laughs> social media is the bane of many people's existence. So I have problems with that. I struggle with that a little bit and it's something that I need to work on. Um, you know, especially because time with my daughter should be time with my daughter. I love getting down on the floor playing with her watching her explore, seeing what she's going to do, seeing what she's going to get into, and watching her put things together in her little tiny brain, which is far more massive than mine. Just throwing it out there. So, a lot of people are are adjusting to this period because it's a big change for them. A lot of people are scared. A lot of people don't know what they're going to do because... The government has told their jobs to shut down, uh, at least for you know a two a two week period, a three week period, uh, really because of America's really bumpy start. Um, bumpy's not even the word. Um, you know, I, in my view, Donald Trump ignored the the issue at hand. He ignored. Uh, he's notorious for not reading his his briefing reports. And from my understanding, this was in his briefing and reports in January. So our failure to take this seriously and take these measures earlier, back in January, uh, early February, really is going to bite us in the ass. Um, You know, I I, I heard a thousand people uh, say that, you know, thank God March is done. March lasted forever to, to some people. And they're like, thank God it's over and we're in April. And I I kept telling everybody, and I still believe this, that April's going to be a terrible month for this thing. It's not going to be, there's not going to be any reassurances in April that anything's going back to normal anytime soon. I know Delaware here has extended, uh, you know, schools being closed up and through May 15th, which at this point I'm pretty sure they're just going to walk that to the uh, end of the school year anyway and they're not going to go back. That, that is the consensus that I'm getting um, from it and how Delaware progressively does baby steps with this stuff. That's what I'm anticipating there. Delaware's already started to have police patrol around and zap out-of-state tags. Now, Delaware's a big throughfare for a lot of states. Um, they're not doing it on our interstate. They're not doing it on I-95, I-495, I-295. They're not hitting up any of those Um because they don't care about people just merely passing through Delaware, but they do care about people who work in Delaware from out of state, especially in New Jersey, a hotbed. People who travel up to New York, a lot of businesses are incorporated in Wilmington, Delaware, but they have business and office space up in New York, so they go back and forth all the time. Makes Delaware a hotbed, kind of, uh, in its own right, especially the Newcastle County area up, up in the north uh, with the I-95 corridor. It, it, it can become a mess. It can become a big mess. 
And Governor Carney here in Delaware has progressively stepped up the measures that he's put in place uh, because now we're in stay-at-home orders. Kinda. They're not. Everything, there's a laundry list of exceptions of uh, essential businesses, essential functions. And, uh, you know, it's like, this is where it gets nutty to me, at least anyway. I get it. I think staying at home is a great idea. I think social distancing is a great idea. I don't necessarily like it at the request of the government. And I'll play some clips from some politicians about that. Um, You know, a lot of people would say, but the government has to do it. These same people were the ones who just a mere month or two ago were telling you that Donald Trump is a fascist and a Nazi and we need to get him out of office. But now they're begging him to, you know, please tell us that we have to stay at our homes, threaten us with police force, threaten us with fines, threaten us with jail time. That's idiotic to me. That's nuts. That's crazy. I don't know why you would want to do that. I don't know why you'd want to go that route. Uh, it doesn't make sense. You know, you, you really have to step back and think about some of these things. I've probably seen dozens upon dozens upon dozens of shaming videos online. And I mean like somebody's walking out in the neighborhood. The person in the house doesn't recognize that person. So they open up the window, open up the door, or even go outside and confront this person, which makes their whole thing contradictory. And they berate that person. They shame that person because they are not at their home. They're not staying in their home. Just one single person, maybe even a small group, two, three, four, five people, a family walking around, um, just getting fresh air. Uh, People scorning these people, shaming these people endlessly. I think it's idiotic. I think it's dumb. I think it's rude. I think it makes you a jackass. In fact, if I may, we'll pull up. The tweet that I sent uh, a couple days ago. Move over here. I will get this lighting thing figured out. I'm going to install some lighting to make this so it's not so... Ooh, he's dark now. He's light, you know. We will do that. And my internet is rolling slow because I need to unclog my computer. But it is what it is. Um, let's see. I put out the tweet yesterday. Or no, yeah, yesterday. Because today's the third. I put it on the second. PSA, you're not a hero if you see a random-ass person or even an extremely small group of persons outside and choose to harass them because you think they shouldn't leave the immediate vicinity of their home or neighborhood. It makes you a jackass. Yes, you. Jackass. Don't be a jackass. All right, I understand social distancing is a, is a big, important thing that we sh- that we need to promote this is this is how we get back to normalcy taking you know two weeks off i there is a flip side to that the the economy is you know as much as people want to say that the economy shouldn't be a consideration in this and that oh you're choosing the economy over people's lives i mean that's not there's there's no argument there no, nobody's going to say um that they'd rather have people die so that other people can remain rich. Um, I, I think it's a fallacy argument in and of itself. And I'll tell you why. Because if the economy does take a severe hit, you're talking about 
millions more people who are going to be pushed down into poverty, maybe even below, struggling as unemployment rises. The the government clearly, I mean, look at this bill that the government passed. It's $2 trillion. But something like only $250 billion went to make a $1,200 one-time check to you if you made under you know, $75,000 or whatever. Uh, for some people, that's not even, that's not even, uh, you know, their mortgage payment. Maybe it's their mortgage payment and, and like a, a, maybe like two or 300 extra for bills or groceries or whatever. And the way that the government slapped it back and forth, Republicans and Democrats, you can't, you can't just point at the Republicans and say, oh, shame on you, okay? The De- the Democrats wanted $25 million for the Kennedy Center in this. $25 million for the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. I believe that's what it's called. And within, like, the next day or so, the Kennedy Center came out and told their 96-piece orchestra. They told every one of those musicians, hey, your paychecks are stopping in April. And if this carries on into May, so is your health benefits. This place just got $25 million from the government. Just, they banged a gavel, they got 25 mil. They lay, they pretty much laid off those people. You know, they said that, you know, uh, we're not going to, we're not going to fire you and we're not going to can you, but, you know, starting in April, uh, just a mere week away from now, um, you're not going to get paid anymore. No money. And if this lingers into May, which it um, you won't get health benefits. That's a hit on people. That's a huge hit on people. That doesn't even take into account just your regular run-of-the-mill shops and businesses, people who are working minimum wage jobs, um, who are who are about to get cut a one-time check, and that's it. It's crazy. It's crazy what the economic impact can do because it's not just an American economic impact, by the way. It's a global impact. Imagine, if you will, we had the Great Depression. Imagine if we have a global Great Depression. What happens? You know, where do we emerge? How do we cope? You know, how does life change? There's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of question marks. You know, a lot of people are already looking at the remainder of this year. You know, oh, 2020 is kind of shot. You know, if you had that beach trip planned, I have a beach trip planned in August. Is, is there is there maybe a slight chance that this thing dies down and by August I can go on the beach trip? Maybe, but I'm not holding my breath. You know, and I have, uh, we had a, a Texas vacation planned in June, and we've pretty much come to terms that that is, you know, that's probably canned out the window too. Um, this is, this is, it is what it is. It's a serious situation. We didn't take it seriously in the beginning. A lot of that was from our government. A lot of that was from missteps from our government. Um, if you can believe that, I don't know if I have it up here. I don't know if I have it in, in here, but, uh, you know, we can talk about the Trump shortcomings. You know, he did, you know, uh, uh, the 2018 pandemic team was uh, was released, let go, however you want to, however you want to coin it. Um, you know, while they, 
while they uh, while they let the pandemic team go bef- prior to that from 2009 the swine flu uh the obama administration did not replenish a national stockpile of n95 masks just didn't do it like they, they it was depleted uh during the time of the h1n1 swine flu epidemic never replenished it is Lack of foresight, lack of vision, lack of preparation. It's everything. And I think that that, by the way, falls on everybody in our government. It falls on every single one of our government officials, from the last administration to the present administration, including senators and representatives who may have known about that. You know, I think that falls on everybody. I think that falls on absolutely everybody. I do want to play this clip from Andrew Cuomo. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, risen up lately in the ranks uh, on National Focus for the uh, for the job that he's carrying out in New York. Whether uh, whether you believe that to be a positive or a negative one, um, it, it all depends on on how you view it. Um, so let's pull it up. And at the end of the day, nobody can ask anything more from you. Whoa. We just had a brain fart. Did not work out the way I was expecting it to. (laughs) Nobody can ask anything more from you. That is your duty, to do what you can, when you can. And It don't want me to play the video. (laughs) It does not want me to play the video. But, you know, hey, look at this. All right. Uh, There isn't actually any contradiction in the beliefs that A, the virus is dangerous, B, mass unemployment is dangerous, and C, authoritarian government policies are dangerous. There needn't be any cognitive dissonance holding all three at once. They're not mutually exclusive. And they're not. They absolutely uh, are not mutually exclusive to each other. Thomas Massey caught a lot of flack for trying to hold an in-person vote for that $2 trillion bill. He said, if we're going to pass this, you know, if we're going to take this dive, I want names attached to it, you know. He caught flack for it. There's there's points of of, of his argument that I absolutely agree with, you know. And unfortunately, our government can't come together and work on something um, by you know, bipartisanly, uh, for the good of the people, even once, or even once, can't even do it once. So Thomas Massey said in this tweet, uh, "When Pearl Harbor was attacked, did we pass a bailout or did we declare war on our enemy? Attack the virus, not the taxpayers." He was on Nick Gillespie's uh, podcast uh, with Reason magazine a great episode that i implore you to listen to just for a little bit of a different perspective however i will say you know comparing pearl harbor to coronavirus yeah a little bit of a stretch i get the i get the sentiment but 
uh, might be a little bit of a stretch there. Um, for the coronavirus business, uh, the biggest problem in the United States has been testing. We all know that South Korea rolls out the test like mad. Uh, we have a clip here from Dr. Rishi Deza uh, on Fox News, which Fox News was not happy about after it happened. Um, I just want you to listen to uh, what he has to say about about some of the testing. You also recommend massive, large-scale testing. Now, what we hear every night is that the test, that there are millions of tests available, and yet um, we're, we don't have that pinprink blood test that you can just sort of get, you know, at your local doctor and know in 15 minutes. But they're working yeah, great on question. it. Yeah, they're working on it. They should have been working on it for months. So the fact is, we knew about this from the WHO when? December 31st, 2019. So last year, we knew about this. We knew coronavirus is coming. We knew it was a respiratory disease. We knew it was person-to-person. -person. Why is it that it's this week that the FDA finally approved these kind of new Abbott lab testing, which, by the way, is one test at a time? It's a great test, but it's one test at a time. It's different than the labs that are doing mass testing, right? So this is a wonderful test. Don't get me wrong. But it's one test per 15 minutes. That's wonderful, but it's not the same volume that you really need. This is better for kind of outpatient clinics and things like that. We needed this months ago. You look at Korea. Korea, South Korea and the U.S. had their first official confirmed case on the same date, January 19th. Mm. That means since January 19th, you look at what South Korea did and what we did. Their population is one-sixth of ours. Look at the cases they have. Look at the mortality they have. It's a trifle compared to what we're dealing with right now. Because we've had a very weak response, and they had a really strong response. Mm -hmm. Doctor, thank you. Very interesting to talk to you. Dr. Desai, I uh, hope you'll come back uh, as we move through this difficult sure. period in the country. Dr. Desai, thank you very much, sir. It's like they abruptly cut it off because they were like, oh, crap, he's not hitting the talking points that we want him to talk. It's really... Uh, uh, well, what can I say, man? You know, you, you want to be you want to be all pro Pride America and all that, and talk about you know how we can lead the way and all that. But but we failed, we failed, and we're paying the price. This is the price. This right here, what we got going on right now. This is the price that we pay. This is the price that we pay for lack of vision, lack of preparation, uh, red tape, um, bureaucratic messes. Jacob Hornberger couple weeks ago on this podcast, if you have not watched the Jacob Hornberger episode, I implore you, go watch the Jacob Hornberger episode uh, where I interviewed him because this is also central centralization of the system. You have a centralized system, you have rules, you have regulations. Uh, it barred private testing from, from being developed and being conducted. And here we are, you know, we can, we can debate and we can discuss other aspects as, uh, as the doctor mentioned South Korea um, they, they did do aggressive testing they were on top of it and they were quarantining everybody that was positive and they were figuring out who had contact with positive cases and testing them uh, and I brought up the, the, the aspect that everybody kind of ignores uh, cyber security highly surveil high surveillance state you know uh, they, they did that by tracking credit card usage and, and cell phone geolocation tags and all that jazz. Things that in America you just, you, you hear a lot of people speak out against. Does that mean that a private company couldn't have uh, 
offered its services and you know hey if if you think you have download an app and and you know consent to the terms on the app and then we'll figure we'll figure it out from there you know absolutely they they could have you know absolutely but as i said you know um we need to joke a little bit about stuff you gotta find stupid little funny clips or memes or whatever like this one how does that even make sense bro well, if you would let me explain mars the first topic is literally how do we save earth and you say and i quote hit him with a meteor like last time i used to like the dinosaurs <coughs> oh uh-uh oh no <coughs> Oh, he's getting worse. Perfect. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay. Um, climate change, plastic pollution, wildfires. Yeah, we know that. Oh, wait. Excuse me. Did you say oh, coronavirus? What? Because I'm not even in retrograde anymore. No, no, it's not that. Uh, people on Earth are eating bats, and now everybody getting sick. Like everywhere. Yo, Earth is lit. How is that lit though? Just, just, just shut up. Shut up. Shut up. It says they shut down all sports, and they don't have any toilet paper, and they're telling everyone to stay six feet apart. Six rings? What? No. No. We just. We just gotta figure out what to do. We should get him a car. Pluto! How does that- Find some humor, people. Find some joy in your life. Because it's a sucky time. There, there's People are very uncertain about what, what's going on. How is this going to change life? You know, Think about the campaign trail right now. The campaign trail. The stage is set for a messy election process. If it takes place on schedule. This is something that I alluded to about two or three episodes ago. I jokingly stated, Oh man, I fucking touched my face. I'm at home. I'm good. I'll wash my hands before I go to bed. Uh, <laughs> that's the other thing, you know. They say, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Have you tried? Have you Have you stopped? Have you, have you legitimately stopped and counted how many times you touch your face? Okay, because I can tell you right now. I'm wearing contacts. That's that's a no-no. Okay, I stroke my beard all the time. Um, that's a no-no, um, and I, I end up scratching my head a lot. So that's a no-no too. Um, th- this is going to affect the campaign trail. Um, this is not. Um, this is Donald Trump rejecting a, a nationwide stay-at-home restriction. And to start this whole thing over again is very tough, John. It's very tough. And you have them going, in some cases, from hotspot to hotspot. If you notice, they're usually hotspot to hotspot. Very few flights, New York to Miami. uh, And uh, But we're we're thinking, we're certainly looking at it. But once you do that, you really are, you really are uh, clamping down an industry that is desperately needed. Calculation as to whether or not you you keep the industry well, going or your risks yeah. spreading to change. That, that is a calculation that we're looking at right now. We're looking at it very strongly. Please. So let me follow up to that, Mr. President. Not every governor has issued a stay-at-home order. All of you have made it very clear how important it is to stay home. That we are in a dire situation here, and that's how you stop the spread: is staying yeah, home. Sure. Why not take? The power out of the hands of the governors, and you just issue a stay-at-home yeah. order for every because state states in this different. country. states are different, and I understand that Governor of Florida, great governor, Ron DeSantis, uh, issued one today, and uh, that's good. That's great. But there are some states that are different. There are some states that don't have much of a problem. There are some, well, they don't have the problem. They don't have thousands of people that are positive. With thousands of people that even 
think they might have it, or hundreds of people in some cases. So uh, you have to look. You have to look at, at states. You have to give a little bit of flexibility. We have a state uh, in the Midwest, or if Alaska has an example, uh, doesn't have a problem. It's awfully tough to say, close it down. So we have to have a little bit of flexibility. A lot of people might criticize Trump for that. Uh, 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 you know, I don't think the approach can necessarily be just a national, flat, you know, one-size-fits-all blanket for all the states. We have, at my last check, uh, four hotbed zones. Um, I'm, I'm showing the number four, but I didn't even shrink the window. Four hotbed zones, so you can see my hand. New York, Seattle, Washington, California, um, and uh, I believe the other one is Florida um, or or New Jersey. One of those. We have some hotbed spots, but then you know we have a fairly large nation. In comparison to some of these other nations, uh, we have a much 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 higher population, but we also have way more land. Um, we're spread out into different states. And different states are affected in different ways. You know, uh, if we put it down state by state by state, there's probably uh, discrepancies between places like New York, New Jersey, Delaware, a tri-state area where the cases are going up. But compare it to maybe Wyoming or Colorado or Oklahoma or Nebraska, numbers are going to be different. Populations are different. I mean, you know, California has the same population as some nations same thing with Texas it has the same population as nations uh, we're a massive nation so is there a one size fits all blanket that works you know I don't know I'm going to come back to this election thing in a minute because I want to give you what Mayor Glenn Jacobs aka Kane from WWE he's he's Mayor of Knox County, Virginia. Knox County, Virginia? I think it's Virginia. I might be wrong. Um, I have his clip here somewhere. There it is. Um, this is Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. This is Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs. I'd like to begin by thanking Martha Buchanan and our Knox County Health Department and all of our local health care providers for the tremendous work that they are doing to combat the spread of COVID-19 here in Knox County. And now I'd like to respond to Governor Lee's executive order from today. I applaud the governor for following through with his convictions and fulfilling his duty to protect the people of Tennessee according to his best judgment. However, I cannot applaud any government monitoring the movements of its people and mandating virtually everything we are allowed to do. I understand that COVID-19 is a very serious issue and this is a crisis, but we also face an economic crisis with millions of people out of work and no way to earn a living, many of them due to mandated government shutdowns. We also have a looming mental health crisis as individuals struggle with depression and feelings of hopelessness and isolation exacerbated by job loss. Many of them have already taken their own lives. Further, we have a political crisis as our state and nation must determine a way to walk back from the damage currently being done to our system of free government. During another crisis, Abraham Lincoln said, government of the people, by the people, for the people 
shall not perish from this earth. Knox County will, of course, comply with this executive order. However, with our response to COVID-19, I fear that we, that we may be testing the very limits of President Lincoln's notion. As a people, we must maintain our hope, optimism, and our faith in God's provision. I encourage all Knox Countyans to exercise the prescribed physical distancing guidelines, to engage in volunteer opportunities where, where appropriate, and to come together as a community through the use of technology. I look forward to working with Governor Lee to fight the COVID-19 pandemic and his visit tomorrow. I also am extremely pleased with the prospect of the Knox County Expo Center providing potential overflow capacity for COVID-19 cases. Thank you for watching and may God bless all of us. Kane. Kane, guys. It's Kane, the big red machine from WWE. By the way, WrestleMania is this weekend uh, over the span of two nights uh, because it's too big for one night and also too big for any audience. WWE is still running its programming, though. What else is? Nothing. So you might as well get WWE Network for $9.99 and watch uh, WrestleMania, the record attendance-breaking Zero people WrestleMania. Glenn Jacobs, Mayor Jacobs, has a point there. You know, I don't want to say, hey, we can't do anything. We can't do the social distancing stuff um, and and screw it. We have to live our normal lives. If people die, people die. I, you know, I don't want to say it that way. Um, absolutely don't want to say it that way. There is damage that's going to be done to the economy, though, and the government kind of failed in putting fail safes in place. Yes, even a libertarian can believe that the government can put in fail safes in a once in a lifetime global pandemic crisis such as the one that we're in. Just saying. Uh and and the government failed massively at that. You pass a 2 trillion dollar bill that 250 billion of it, I think. That's the number. That I I, I, <laughs> I should look it up, but I I'm fairly certain that that is the number that went to cutting the paychecks, um, which is pretty much just like a, an advance on your next tax return. So it's not like money that they pulled out of their butt. Um, people want to talk about Wall Street. Oh, Wall Street got this big bailout. Uh, they get they got all the money. The, the, no, the Federal Reserve, which is not the United States government, has given out loans that are expected to be paid back in full. They did that. Uh, to keep the market afloat, you know, and who knows how it's actually, who knows how that is actually going to work, how that actually reacts. It's something that we have to sit back and watch and see how it unfolds. Just like how a lot of what we're dealing with right now is sitting back and seeing how it unfolds. We hope to see these numbers curve and start slanting downwards. Some people are saying you can't do that unless you have an extremely authoritarian government with an iron fist saying you can't leave your house. Other people think that people are smart enough to follow these good social distancing guidelines, up their hygiene practices, and for the brunt of society, keep things rolling while the older population quarantines themselves, the autoimmune population quarantines themselves, 
it, it's, it's, it's good to say in theory, but it just doesn't work out. UK was looking at that. Uh, other countries were looking at that, and it didn't work out. It did work out in South Korea, uh, and I think Vietnam hasn't had to do a nationwide lockdown quarantine type of thing. Uh, but they had sacrifices on the other ends of stuff. Uh, sacrifices like on the Fourth Amendment and being able to pick up your digital footprint on the fly by the government. Now, the campaign trails have changed drastically because candidates can't go out uh, and have these massive rallies, and, and it's questionable to have debates. You know, Biden and, and Sanders had that empty uh, you know, news studio debate, which I actually found very interesting. And I wish that they would scrap live audience debates altogether. But that's beside the point. I'm probably not going to get what I want in in life for that. Uh, but I think that's a quality debate versus the rest of them are trash in front of live audiences to be spectacles. That's beside the point. Um, they're arguing about that. Um, how do we conduct primaries, you know? Um, which technically, you know, as the Republican and Democratic Party are private organizations, they don't even need to run primaries, technically. The Democrats could just come out and say, hey, uh, we decided it's Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the guy. Piss off, um, you Bernie bros. And, you know, if you don't want Trump, vote for Biden. That's that's what it will turn into, uh, despite the fact that Biden leads anyway. Um, even in this campaign trail uh, shakeup, uh, which for the for the two main parties is probably not as impacting as it is for, say, the Libertarian Party or independent and uh, third parties. Because Jacob Hornberger said it best. The Libertarians go around to state conventions, they shake hands, they talk to delegates because they have a delegate process that elects the nominee for the Libertarian Party. And now they can't go out, all these conventions are canceled, all these public gatherings are canceled. Not saying that it's bad that they're canceled. I'm really not. But it changes and it shakes things up. And in an unexpected way. My final thoughts on this coronavirus stuff, and I hope next week I'm going to find something else to focus on. We will touch lightly on coronavirus and literally switch focus to something else. I might even have an interview scheduled uh, for next week with a libertarian presidential candidate. That would be the th- that'd be the third one that I get for the show uh, if that does indeed go through. Um, but I just you know I got a kick out of this. Uh, apparently, the Trump administration and Joe Biden want to set up a phone call. So this was. What Joe Biden said from his home here in Wilmington, Delaware. Yesterday, the Trump administration suggested that I should call the president and offer to help. Well, I'm happy to hear he'll take my call. My team's working with him to set such a call up. And I've been offering my advice and proposing policies uh, for what I thought should be done for the last several weeks. This worked before. I can tell you it takes more than tweets and press conferences. It's hard. It's painstaking work. This is when leaders have to lead and governments have to work. I was in charge of administering the $800 billion Recovery Act. So I understand that the devil is in the details. It's about follow-through. The CARES Act provides more money to help people. 
Now, how do we make sure it gets to those people as quickly as possible and with as little red tape as possible? That's a good message, Joe, but the government is not so good at removing red tape. Puts it in, for really. Uh, there's, there's an inner fight between uh, Biden and Bernie Sanders, but also, you know, you have that, and then all of a sudden you have this story out of the hill. Uh, says the Trump campaign woo taunts Twitter with manipulated audio of Biden calling the virus a hoax which we can go to the uh, audio for proving that business of course there's an ad though so I have to talk over the ad while the ad plays you know campaign tweeted out manipulated audio to make it sound like former Vice President Joe Biden called the coronavirus a hoax in an effort to draw attention to what it views as Twitter's double standard in policing political speech. The new Trump campaign video is styled after an ad released by the Democratic Super PAC Priorities USA, which featured misleading audio of Trump describing the coronavirus as a hoax. The president's campaign has flagged multiple Democratic videos for Twitter in which he has heard calling the coronavirus a hoax, arguing that the content runs afoul of the social media giant's manipulated media guidelines. So let's see if they have the video clip of Biden calling this a hoax. We'll, we'll pull this up. The coronavirus is a hoax. The coronavirus is a hoax. Wow, that's powerful, Trump war room. Very, very powerful. Um, so, instead of focusing on the, the actual problem here, the coronavirus, the thing that's, you know, devastating the economy, uh, 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 ravaging and getting thousands, hundreds of thousands of people sick and causing thousands of deaths around the world and here at home. Instead of focusing on that, instead of focusing on how do we help the people, how do we stop the spread of the virus, how, you know, what are the things that we can do? What are the things that we can do to keep the economy afloat, to keep people from dipping into poverty, from losing their jobs, from, as Glenn Jacobs said, that depression setting in, from, from people suffering mental health issues? How do we deal with all of this crashing down at once? But it doesn't matter because there's a campaign going on, and we need to get our strikes in, and we need to make fun of people, and we need to get our licks in. It's just sad. It's just sad. So hopefully we do get on board. I would like to say that there's hope to be had, but I still, I believe April is going to be a, a very rough month, you know, before we start seeing a little more of a dawn uh, or a place to look out at the horizon, uh, see a light at the end of the tunnel and get better timelines in our mind. But But we have to stop partisan politics here we have to stop finger pointing and, and team playing and literally just step back and say you know what the government as a whole failed us government as a whole failed us what is 
the best way to fix that? Is it to expand the power that the government has? Is it to contract the power that the government has? Is it to refocus the power that the government has? Is it private industry that'll help us, that'll bring us out? Is it community that'll bring us out? What will do it? That's what we need to focus on. We got to stop being so divisive and really come together because we have trouble on our hands. Guys, that does it for me. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the FritzCast. I'm thankful to have you, whether you're a longtime listener or brand new. Welcome aboard. Uh, you know, we do like to get wacky and zany and joke around a little bit around here, you know, so expect more of that. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at FritzQS, uh, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast. Here on YouTube, you're watching it. I don't need to give you a link for that, but subscribe, leave a rating, please, please, please. You can check out podchaser.com slash fritzcast to get all the podcast catchers that you can get it on for the audio. Apple, Spotify, Google, all of those. Check it out. Subscribe, like, leave a review, share it with a buddy, share it with a friend. Send me your thoughts and comments, fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, I love you guys. My answers might be wrong, you know. Uh, I don't. I don't claim to have the right answers. I'm just giving you an opinion and a view. Okay, that's it. That's it. And I want to hear other people's opinions and views. So please, come at me. Come at me. Enjoy your week coming up. Hopefully, we can start really combating this thing and see where things go. Thanks, guys. <laughs>